Hey friends, peace be with you and welcome to the Reach More podcast. So glad you are here with us this week and wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I pray that it is a day where you see the presence of God, where you recognize Him moving in your life and you are able to respond to Him with a big yes and say, yes, Lord, I will follow anywhere, I will go anywhere with you. And whatever you say, Lord, uh, that's what I desire. That's my, my desire for today. That's my prayer for you. So last week, we get to interview Carrie Bucalo about her apostolate, which is called Healed by Truth. And she reaches out to people who have been hurt by people who represent the church. So she shared her story of uh, seeking resources in the church and not being able to find them after being sexually abused by someone who represented the church to her, her own father, who was a lay minister working for the church. And it took over a decade for Carrie to find anybody who um, really gave her time. And that's not to say that the people who she talked with before that really weren't interested in helping her, uh, but it, it took a decade, really more than a decade of uh, knocking on doors, calling people saying, hey, what resources are there to help me feel at home in the church again, to help me heal from what happened to me so that I'm not mad at God and I feel comfortable praying again. And time after time, she got not necessarily turned away, but just sent somewhere else. She first went to a diocesan director and that person said, well, we don't have any resources for you. Um, you know, we can pay for counseling or are you trying to, to get money from a settlement? And she said, no, I'm, I'm good. I, you know, I can pay for my own counseling. I just want healing because she wasn't getting that from her own therapist, as good as her therapist was. So she went, then went to the USCCB and they basically said the same thing. We don't have resources for you. Oh, but talk to your diocesan director. And so she kind of went in a circle and then she spoke with a theologian in Germany and uh, then finally found a bishop, the bishop for the Archdiocese of the Military Services, who is willing to say, yes, I will walk with you. I will share this journey with you and help you experience healing. And uh, it was really, really a wonderful story. I've conducted, I don't know, dozens of interviews on, on this and another podcast. And uh, that is very memorable for me as one of my, my favorites. Um, mostly because of the joy and the hope and the the happiness that Carrie has. And uh, she could easily feel angry and bitter towards the church for not protecting her. And instead, she feels uh, a lot of joy and a lot of hope. And that was, uh, that was a gift f for me to see somebody respond that way to God. And uh, it's a reminder to me of the way that I should orient myself in life. So in this episode, I am by myself and uh, wanted to share with you some of what I think are the best insights from uh, my interview with Carrie for people who are working in ministry, especially those with their own apostolates. So we are doubtless going to encounter people who don't have a sense of trust towards the church, which is the most essential first thing. Before people want to hear about the gospel, before they're interested and curious in Catholicism, they have to have a sense of trust, which is, I'll describe as a, a positive association towards Jesus, his church, or a member representing the church and Jesus. And that's most likely going to be you. So we find ourselves culturally in this position of distrust, where many people have a, a strong sense of distrust of the Catholic church, and therefore of everything to do with it, including Jesus and uh fair or unfair, that's the hand we've been dealt. And so we have to make the most out of it. And, you know, it's not ours, uh, that burden is not ours alone to lift, but uh, individually, one-on-one -on -one with people, that's when they have, we have the opportunity to show people that uh, 
Jesus really is good and really does make a difference. And so and I was thinking about that and I thought, okay, what can we do to make sure that uh, we really help people reestablish a sense of trust with the church again? So, I mean, one of the things Carrie left us with, she said, I hope that uh, people who are in the church who have not been hurt by the church, or maybe even those who have, can be a bridge to survivors to help them come back. Uh, she uh, shared the uh, the passage of uh, the Good Shepherd and how Jesus, the Good Shepherd, goes out to find the lost lamb. And oftentimes we think of that lost lamb as uh, a sinner. And she said, no, I, I identify with that lost lamb because I'm someone who has been hurt and my faith was uh, was taken from me or at least badly damaged by someone. And I want to be rescued. Those are, those are my words, not his or not hers. But um, I think she would uh, she would probably agree more or less with that sentiment. So um, she's she's saying she hopes that people in the church can go out and find people like her who really want to be reunited with the church and want to come back, but don't know where to start. She shared about her difficulty in praying. And by extension, I know there's people who have a difficult time going to mass because of the way that they have been hurt or the way that their family members have been hurt. And they are in need of someone reaching out to them and initiating that healing process. It doesn't mean you're responsible for all of that. It's going to come from God through the Holy Spirit. And perhaps it's through you, conversations with you, with a therapist, somebody else. But we can be a part of that journey, even if we're one small step. So um, that's the, the first thing. And the, the scripture passage that comes to mind in addition to the Good Shepherd is the Good Samaritan. And, uh, you know, the, the Good Samaritan, this is I mean, such a, a um, an oh, almost outlandish story from Jesus, right? He's speaking to Jews and they say, who is my neighbor, right? And he tells them a story about a non-Jewish man who helps a Jewish man at a time when, you know, they would really be looking at themselves as the um, the special group, and and he uses an outsider as the hero, and um, so the Good Samaritan finds this man who has been hurt by robbers, and uh, people who represent the church walk by and take uh, no steps to help him for various reasons. They don't want to be unclean, or they're they don't want to be late for church, whatever it is. And it's a uh, an outsider. So today would be somebody who's not a member of the Catholic Church in this parable who helps that person. And uh, Carrie's asking us to be that person for people like her. And okay, what did the Samaritan do? He stopped. He gave the gift of his time. He gave the gift of his resources. He checked back on that man or said he was going to check back on that man when he came back through. He, he's you know, told the innkeeper here, pay for his expenses. If there's anything more, I'll pay back when I'm uh, when I return. So uh, what is that for us? OK, well, um, how can we provide for people? How can we you know, we might maybe we don't have the material resources to do so, but maybe we we can help them find that. Maybe we can contact the local Catholic charities and see if there's behavioral health or if there's mental health services available to them or if there's any other resources they need. Maybe we can help them with that. Um, it can be a little intimidating to navigate that system. And uh, even if we don't know it, we just might be the person to help them continue calling. You know, sometimes. Um, it's uh, it's a little intimidating or it's nerve wracking to think, okay, I'm going to call another person. I'm going to tell another person my story. And just knowing that there's a friend on the line, maybe who knows the story or who's going to support them can help them do that. So um, really what that looks like, though, is going to be unique. And I wish I could give one answer and say, here's the way you help people who have been hurt. But the reality is I can't because there are sadly too many uh, 
too many different scenarios. However, the beautiful thing is um, made in the image and likeness of God. We have the ability within us to respond to every situation with love, with generosity, with patience, with goodness, and walk with people and discern and find the right path forward. And I'm confident that uh, God will put you in the path of people who need your skills and your abilities and your unique perspectives. And so, again, I'm not saying that you need to, to shell out money to help people. If you feel like that is what God is asking you to do and it fits within your means, then uh, amen. You're, that, that's, uh, that's all the, the, the better to do so. Um, and if not, then there's other ways that we can support people and, and walk with people, primarily through the gift of our time. Uh, something else that really stood out to me that Carrie said was the way people spoke to her. And she said, people even say things or have said things to her like, we forgive you. And if memory serves, they were saying, we forgive you for not doing more or something like that. Essentially, uh, putting the burden on Carrie to have stopped the abuse. Um, and I can only imagine how hurtful that is to Carrie. And it probably feels like being hurt again uh, by someone who represents the church. And, uh, you know, maybe they were saying that because they thought, oh, okay, she brought some negative light on the church and that's scandalous. And I would say, uh, Carrie did not bring negative light on the church. The people who, who committed the sin and uh, chose evil and hurt her, they are the ones who brought scandal upon the church. And that is always the case. Uh, people who are victims of crime, people who are survivors of abuse and crime, they are not the ones responsible for any negative publicity. It is the people who committed the sin, and that's the uh, kind of the terrible weight of sin is the um, the ripple effects and the redounding impact it has on people and on society, which is kind of a sobering thing. It's something that's good to remember. So um, how do we respond to people when they share that with us? Um, I'll share something from my own experience. I remember I was teaching uh, or kind of leading a, a workshop for, to teach facilitators how to run uh, study groups to address this very topic. And I remember somebody in the group saying something to the effect of, well, you know, not all clergy are bad. Um, and it sounded as if she was defending clergy. And uh, that's a good sentiment. I know that was coming from a place of love for the church and for the priest that she knows and trusts. And um, amen, absolutely. They like, I know so many good priests and it, it pains me that uh, they now are seen and viewed with distrust. So uh, what can we do? And uh, rather than feeling a need to defend the church, right? It's the body of Christ. It's the bride of Christ. Uh, God knows how to defend his church uh, perfectly well. So uh, what we can do is we can listen and uh, we can seek to understand. And uh, that way we don't risk hurting somebody again by expressing doubt or trying to uh, to, to correct them and tell them like, oh, no, you really shouldn't be mad at the church for the way you feel. Um, you know, the, like feelings are, um, they're not necessarily like true or, or untrue. Like how someone feels is a, like a, it's a fact, it's a state, it's how they are. And we don't need to convince them that they shouldn't feel that way um, because they may have very good reasons for feeling that way. So um, our responsibility then is, is simply to listen and to give them the freedom to express themselves and to explore. And that's how we establish trust with people. And that's the, the first part of the bridge back to uh, feeling at home in the body of Christ. 
So uh, what are the, the takeaways again? It's to act like the Good Samaritan, to draw near to people, to be willing to give them what they need to come back into the church and uh, to be careful with our language so that we don't uh, re-injure, re-traumatize, re-hurt, re-offend people, uh, and instead really just listen non-judgmentally and allow them to share their stories. And anytime we might be tempted to question, say, well, you know, why do you think that? Or are you sure that's really what happened? Um, let's, let's leave those questions and just allow them to reveal their story to us. So I hope that's helpful for you. Um, there are, uh, unfortunately, just so many people who have been hurt by the church that um, I think most people at some point either know somebody or know somebody who, uh, who you know, is a, is a friend or a family member to someone who was hurt by the church. And uh, that's just part of the challenge, part of the cross that we have to carry in our lifetime. But uh, the good news is we understand it. And so we can step up to the plate and we can be the ones to help rebuild a sense of credibility and trust in the church so that more and more people will feel comfortable turning to the church to find God's mercy and healing and forgiveness. So friends, thanks so much for joining us. Look forward to being with you again next week for another interview. Until then, please count on my prayers for you, for your apostolate, and for your efforts to be a bridge to help people feel comfortable and at home again in the body of Christ in this Catholic Church. God bless you. Peace.